Welcome into the Michael Wall Show. Today, we got a great show for you. Listen, if you're a business owner, an executive, or someone that is aspiring to be that, uh, I think it's really important to talk about the value of understanding how the government works in connection with business. Got a great guest, uh, just a lot of experience in the space. You're not going to want to miss it today on the Michael Wall Show. All right, so here we are. I'm with a, a buddy of mine, Tommy Dorita. Tommy's a Tom Dorita, if you want to be official. Tom is a, a buddy of mine. He's the owner of uh, the Resource Group. And Tom, I'll tell you what, you've been very involved uh, not only in helping businesses and local governments connect well with the executive and legislative branch, but also you got a big heart for helping save lives of others through the Big Heart Brigade and some other things that you've been involved with, which I love. I've known Tommy for a couple of years now, full disclosure, and uh, really gotten to know him well. And I thought, you know, this would be a really great show for those of you that are watching this that maybe have businesses or maybe you're involved with a local government of some capacity. And, you know, you're saying, man, I just feel like government is slowing down the process of things. And how do you kind of work through that? So I wanted to have Tommy on to talk about that as we are in a very political society. But Tommy, you weren't always in politics, right? I mean, I think, to my knowledge. T tell me a little bit about your history. Well, not always in politics. You're right. Uh, but I was uh, born into the automobile business. My family owned car dealerships in Rhode Island. Uh, I worked all the way through college uh, there. And uh, my career was going to be in the automobile business. And one morning, uh, I was married in uh, 1966, so I'll tell you how old I am. Yep, he's, but, he's uh, 32. He's 32. <laughs> um, and um, opened up the Wall Street Journal, and I said to my wife, guess what? I'm going to apply for this job with Hoffman LaRoche. And she said, uh, honey, did you read the ad? And I said, of course I did. It says you have to have a science background. I said, no, don't worry about that. I'm, I'm going to get this job. She said, well, congratulations, good luck, but... I don't think you're going to get it. <laughs> so I knew I had a lot of support behind me at that yes. point in my life. Very <laughs> helpful. <laughs> very, very helpful. So uh, I applied, and I got a call from the regional manager out of Boston, and he said, uh, you know, um, you applied, and I've got 40 applicants. You're the only one that doesn't have a science background, I said, and I don't believe I need one for this job at this point. And he said, I want you to come down and interview. I went down to Boston. I asked him if I could be the last interviewer. And he said, why do you want to be the last interviewer? I said, because I just want to see how long it takes everybody else to go through their interviews. And he said, that's very interesting. So 4.30 in the afternoon, I got called up. It was in his house, second floor. Wow. Walked up, and uh, we sat down, and we discussed it. And he said, now, did you read the ad? And I said, yes, I did. And you remind me of my wife, because she asked me the same question. <laughs> I said, so I've done some due diligence, mm. and I realize that you need a person with a great sales background. Mm. I've got that. And he said, well, how do you know that? I said, well, I've got friends in the pharmaceutical business, and they tell me that you fired two of your employees that have been with you 17 years for distributing drugs the wrong way. Wow. And I said, I think you need somebody to clean up the mess. Hmm. So we sat there for a while, and he said, but you know what? You've got to have a science background. I said, well, we got to work that out, don't we? the end of the interview, he said, I would like to send you to New Jersey for a final interview. And he had a cross pen and pencil set with two gold pens in it. And he handed me the pens. And he said, they're both equal. Sell one to me. And I put the pens back in the holder. And I said, sir, I didn't come here to sell you pens. I came here to sell you me. And if I haven't done that, then I don't deserve the job. He said, you're on your way to New Jersey. 
Wow. I spent 11 years with Hoffman LaRoche, became executive director of uh, seven products, uh, mm. my final three years with them, and came back and became a car dealer again. Wow. So I... I did it. I kind did of full circle, right? Full circle. They did send me to three months of school at Rutgers yeah. for pharmacology. I couldn't even spell pharmacology. <laughs> <laughs> Pharma what? Yeah. Who? Yeah. And so that went on and uh, it was a great experience. Greatest company I ever worked for. Hey, so listen, one of the things that I want to pull out there for you as, as you're listening to this, um, I thought this was really good. Obviously, you heard him talk about the science degree. He didn't have it or science background didn't have it. But yet he still pressed on because he saw a need. And he wanted to try and fulfill it. Sometimes you may, this is a little side note. He gave this to me from just talking. So I was like, I want to pick up on this because maybe you're listening to this. and You're like, man, I feel led to go do this or I feel led to go do that. But I don't have this or I don't have that. And sometimes we can look at and focus only on what we don't have instead of what we do have and what we're willing to learn. That's what Tommy did in that process. And that's why he got the job. He was confident in the fact that he could solve problems and he was willing to work hard. So here you are back in the car industry. And um, how long did you stay there? Or how, did, how, did that, how did that evolve? I came back, went to work for Ford Motor Company, became an auditor for Ford Motor Company, um, 1973, 74. Uh, spent uh, quite a bit of time with Ford Motor Company and got invited to come to Florida by a mm. very, very dear friend of mine. And I had two little kids and picked out a country squire wagon from Ford and we drove down here wow. and basically never left in yeah. 1978. So I've been here in Florida in 78, but to jump into the lobbying side of yeah. things, while I was with Ford, I was in the government relations area with them and in the diversification area. So they were mm. trying to diversify their brand and trying to bring in minority um, employees. And mm. I worked in that area. Mm. So I was in Washington a lot and I was doing a lot of somewhat call it lobbying back then. And as you started to do that in that season for Ford, how... What was your thought of the industry? Was it kind of like, hey, this is just a new challenge. This is a new task. Or was it like, you know, the political system is broken and this is really challenging. I mean, what, what was your mindset, at least in that season? Well, you know, there's always been challenges. It's, yeah. you know, you, they make the wrong kind of car. They uh -huh. make the wrong product. They don't uh -huh. have good service. I think it became very obvious that you had to become a service oriented person back uh -huh. then. Uh -huh. The manufacturers weren't really up with it back then. So uh -huh. I, I feel like, I felt comfortable with myself and what I was doing. So I, I was very comfortable in why you should be a service oriented person. Yeah. And that led me to end up owning some dealerships and um, running a lot of political, started doing my political stuff back uh -huh. then. So now, now we're at the resource group and uh, helping businesses and, and governments and all that kind of stuff. Tommy, let me ask you this. If you, if you had to say, you look at your career, long, long time of being not only in business, but, you know, in the political arenas, as far as interacting with, with legislators and the executive branch, et cetera, what would you say to a business owner? Because I, I want to preface it with this. You know, for me, I've been in business. We have multiple companies, which you know, and we've been in business for about 21 years. Uh, I'm 43 and, and started when I was uh, 10. Kidding, of course. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, I, I look at my situation and I don't think I realized until probably 10 or 15 years into business, I'm like, you know what? I need to start being involved with what's happening politically. I can't just go over here and put my head in the sand and say the government's over there doing their thing. We, we need to be involved. We need to be involved with who's in office and what's happening, et cetera, but also help in the efficiency, right, of how can we make things more streamlined. What do you think is the value of business owners understanding that sometimes 
you know, they need help to make the connections and connect the dots because the politics is kind of their own language, isn't it? Oh, definitely. And, and, you know, I look at politics a little differently than most and been very successful in the last 24 years uh, with the company itself. But you, you have to be an advocate. Mm. And it's not about being on one side or the other. Mm -hmm. You need to understand your audience. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand uh -huh. how a politician works, whether or not they're an R or a D or an independent. It doesn't really matter. They have to take care of their constituents. And Tip O'Neill was a great guy because uh, when he was Speaker of the House, he said, let's be able to cross the aisle. Let's be mm -hmm. able to make a deal happen. So I think being an advocate, you're a professional in this business. You need to be able to work with everybody and whoever is in that political powerhouse at that particular time. Mm -hmm. So it's not about one, one group or another group. It's about making something happen that's positive. So it's, it's, I think it's important to realize that businesses mm -hmm. get caught up in a triangular mess of how to, how to build a business and we're going to buy land, we're going to build a new company, we want to move our company from one state to another. They need an advocate. Mm -hmm. They need somebody that can go and work the way through the system for them mm -hmm. more efficiently. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's something that stood out to me is the reality that and as you mentioned about so if you have a business and you want to grow or you want to whether it's in Florida or other states, you got to be thinking about that. You know, every state has a little bit different process and and uh, there's obviously some similarities because we live in America, but at the end of the day there's some differences state to state and you need to know what those differences are so you can become more efficient. And really what that does is this is my opinion, again Tommy, you got a lot of experience and time in this, but you know, it allows the business owner to stay in their lane. It allows them to stay focused on their business instead of getting caught up. And I mean, how many dollars and, and, and how much efficiency is lost because people are trying to work in a lane that they're not really familiar with and they're trying to get from zero to 100 miles an hour overnight? I mean, you, you probably see that from time to time, don't you? It's the biggest, biggest problem we have. Hmm. Everybody thinks they know and understand something that they really have no idea what's uh -huh. going on. Uh -huh. What level of government do you need to work in? Uh -huh. You know, if it's right here in local business and a company comes from Georgia and wants to move to Florida, you know, it's different in Georgia than it is in Florida. Yeah. So you have to be able to work within the confines of business. We represent a lot of cities. Uh -huh. I mean, so in, in representing these cities, we need to figure out how government works with the city to bring them money. And it's the same way with, with charities. We work with a lot of charities, mm -hmm. as you know uh, mm -hmm. very well. A Place of Hope is one of them, mm -hmm. where what can we find pockets of money that the government has, mm -hmm. but develop a good reason why they should pay us and not somebody else. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's the same thing with a business. A business mm -hmm. comes in, they want to grow their business, but they're not in the right municipality or mm -hmm. they're not in the right area to grow that business. Mm -hmm. You know what the land costs are going to be, uh, what changes in zoning that has to be made. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do is put a team together. Mm -hmm. And I think we've been very, very successful in doing that putting a team together where if we need an attorney, we've got an attorney. If we need a land use, we get land use. We bring all these people together so that the client is looking at a very effective way, mm -hmm. cost effective to mm -hmm. get it done. Yeah. And it works. <clears throat> and I think that's important, you know, and, and you had mentioned something that I just wanted to reiterate. You talked about, you know, you need to understand the audience. And he was talking specifically about you know, politicians, but in, in the same light, you know, we can be in a place where you, 
it just goes back to customer service. Like what you talked about, you learn in the car industry mm -hmm. and everything else, right? It's all about customer service. And I think what happens sometimes, you know, listen, we're all going to have our political views, right? You may be watching this and you may completely agree with my political view. You may disagree with my view. You may agree with some of what I agree and disagree with some. I don't know. You know, everybody's all over the map when it comes to that. A lot of that has to do with media watching, what channels you watch, your upbringing, uh, your knowledge and expertise in the space. But what's so important is, you know, right out of the gate, people want to try and change other people's opinions without understanding first their audience. And I think that's important. Of Just the fact of respecting the other person, right? You sit down. We may disagree on something, but if we don't at least find common ground to have conversation, there's no way that you're going to be able to position to me your thoughts and me mine to you. So that way we can have that conversation. I think people miss that. So know your audience uh, the other thing I want to just touch on again, and I think this is huge for business owners, Tommy, is um, doing what you can to stay in your lane. You know, in other words, you want to eliminate challenges. There's some some of you that have businesses out there that you may want to grow, but you're like, man, I just don't know what that looks like. I don't know the political climate. I don't know what I need to do when I get there, all of these things. And I think that's why it's important to have an advocate like like you're talking about, Tommy, in that process. So what does it look like typically for somebody? I know it's very different across the board, business to business. But I think sometimes, you know, with a business owner or someone watching this or an executive or someone that's maybe in a municipality, they need help with connections to some capacity. It can feel very um, foreign and like I'm not really sure what, what what's happening, how long does the process take, all that. Can you kind of share a little bit of uh, just a little bit of an idea of put mindset to what this process looks like of working with an advocate, let's say with resource group or something like that, a business owner. Well, you know, it's interesting because we're in a whole different time right now. Mm -hmm. um, we're here in Palm Beach County. Every company wants to move here. Mm -hmm. People want to leave where they're at. Yeah. But they don't understand what they're getting into when they come here. Mm -hmm. So they have to understand the process. Mm -hmm. And I think what we have to do is have a, you just mentioned it, a conversation. You need to mm -hmm. be able to give that person the right information at the mm -hmm. right time. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking at businesses that want to get off track, I call it off track, and you say stay in your lane. I've seen so many businesses that are very successful decide to venture off into another totally different arena and they fail. Hmm. And what they've done by doing that, they fail their own business that's yeah. successful. Yeah. So you, you need to stay in your lane is a yeah. great way to put it. Hmm. Because if you get out of that lane, your resources yeah. end up being spread all over the place. And then you can't recover sometimes. Yeah. And I think what happens, Tommy, sometimes too, is people look at demand. You mentioned about Florida and in particular, depending on where you're watching this, you know, there's there's a lot of people moving to Florida right now for a lot of different reasons, not only just the business climate, you know, the climate in general, um, taxes, you know, no tax. They were seeing that in Texas, seeing it in Tennessee and other states as well. But, you know, what happens sometimes is people may say, hey, there's a lot of people moving. There's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of money going there. There's a lot of things happening. So let's set up another shop or let's just kind of be there because we're going to make some money. But what they don't spend the time, they might they may spend more time on marketing, right? But they may not spend any time on, we'll call it the due diligence of really understanding, as you mentioned, the political climate, what it looks like. And so that way they can be well set to enter well, connect well, interact well, and really, let's say, call it become a part of the fabric of the new community and really be, be welcomed correctly. I mean, that's how I would see it. And I think that's important. Well, and they get very, very nervous because let's say you're moving down here and you're mm -hmm. going to build a new home mm -hmm. and 
you need to have certain permits to make mm -hmm. this house what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. But they don't realize that they're 1,200 people a day moving into Florida. Mm -hmm. 1,200 people a day. Yeah. Most municipalities right now are backed up with hundreds and sometimes thousands of permits. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody spends a lot of money, buys a house, they got to make changes in it, mm -hmm. and they can't get a permit. Mm -hmm. And they don't know the process. So they get very frustrated. Mm -hmm. What we do is come in, be, be an advocate for them, and say, now, let's be realistic about this. Mm -hmm. Don't let anybody conf confuse you by saying, I can get you a permit in 30 days. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I think when... You know, when you go back to the car industry about customer service, I think Lexus brought that, that to the table. Mm -hmm. They made you become very customer oriented. Mm -hmm. You know, don't just talk to the male, talk to the female. Mm -hmm. You know, 52% uh, right. of every decision is made by a female, not right. a male. Right. So you have to understand your back to your audience, understand yeah. your audience, be able to explain it to whether it's a new homeowner, it's a new business, or it's a municipality. Yeah. How does a municipality get through all the issues, not at, only at the state level, but at the federal level? Yeah. So they need an advocate to help them get through it. Yeah, and Tommy's done a great job not only working with uh, businesses, municipalities, but also uh, universities. He's uh, involved with Kaiser, has been for a long time on the board, and just a great resource. So listen, I want to challenge you as we kind of land the plane on the show to be thinking about your life, your business, where you want to go, what it looks like. And um, I think of the the old quote or the old phrase that says, measure uh, twice and cut once, right? And it's just the idea of putting the the work in in advance and making sure that you're ready along the way. Listen, if you're a business owner out there or you're part of a municipality or someone else like that and you have questions, maybe you have a question for Tommy, uh, feel free to reach out to them. Resource Group is their place where you can find them. Also, you can reach out to the show at any time, which is connect at michaeldwall.com. That's email, connect at michaeldwall.com, and we can make sure we relay that information. You've got questions. Or maybe there's a topic specific to this that you're like, man, I, I would love to hear more about this or that. That could be an interesting conversation. We'd love to hear this. If you know someone that is literally in a place where they are uh, starting a business or you know, involved in some capacity and they just feel like maybe they've run into some challenge that they, they need a little bit of help with, share this show with them. They need to hear it. This is an important part of the process. You may listen to this and say, you know what? I'm not a business owner. It doesn't matter to me, but I think it's all important for us, whether you're an executive, whether you're an owner or whether you're an employee or whether you're in a municipality to really be saying, how can I be involved and how can I be a part of improving the process? So we got some ways that you can do that. Again, just send an email to us at connect at michaeldwall.com. Tommy, thanks so much for taking a few moments and sharing your wisdom and your thoughts on the show and a little bit of your story. Um, and why business owners and, and municipalities really not need to be thinking that way. And remember one thing. Yeah. God gave us two ears and one mouth. <laughs> and, you know, I, yeah. listen, I think about that all the time because mm -hmm. what should you do when you meet that new client? You should mm -hmm. listen to what they've got to say. Yeah. Then you may find out what the issues really are. Yeah. And a lot of times we overtalk ourselves <clears throat> and we yeah. get ourselves in trouble. Yeah. The Socratic method of leading people to a decision. Telling is not selling, right? So it's listening. Very important. Thank you, Tommy, for that. Listen, guys. Hey, as always, we want to make sure that you're living a life that's on purpose. If you've missed some of the recent shows or you're newer to the Michael Wall Show, what I will tell you is many of the shows are motivational, uplifting, encouraging. There's guests on from time to time from business owners to athletes all over the place. 
But uh, uh, we, we welcome you and invite you really to take some time and go back through some of the backlogs in history to listen to some of the previous shows. You can find us if you're listening on podcasts. We're also on YouTube by searching Michael D. Wall. You see a lot of it on Facebook, uh, on Instagram, at Real Michael D. Wall. So a lot of ways you can connect with us. And uh, as always, I close every show with the idea that my goal and desire is for you to live on purpose so you can live with purpose. Hope you have a blessed day. We'll talk to you soon.